For your Saturday morning coffee with Reese Boyd. So wake me up when it's all over. When I'm wiser and I'm older. All this time I was fighting myself and I didn't know I was gone. Reese Boyd is on right now. Talk 94.5. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour 707 on your Saturday morning, Saturday, September the 9th, 2023. Welcome to another edition of Saturday Morning Coffee, special 9-11 memorial commemorative edition of Saturday Morning Coffee on this September the 9th. Of course, September 11th coming up on Monday. So we've got a little special memorial edition of Saturday Morning Coffee as we try to do every year about this time. So we'll be uh, thinking about uh, the victims and, and the lessons of 9-11 today, this morning on Saturday Morning Coffee. I want to thank you all for joining us. I am, of course, uh, Reese Boyd, local attorney here in town with the firm of Davis and Boyd. I'm your host for Saturday Morning Coffee. Welcome to the show at Saturday Morning Coffee. We invite you to sit down, pour yourself a cup of your favorite coffee, Join us as we talk about the news, current events, everything happening in this crazy world that we live in. Here at Saturday Morning Coffee, we love limited government, all the things that seem so quaint these days. Limited government, lower taxes, all the things that mean more freedom. More freedom for you, more freedom for me, more freedom for all of us who are we the people. We've got a country to save, folks. We literally have a country to save, and it starts right here on the local level. Heard Coach uh, Kennedy talking uh, this week about his experience with the Bremerton School District. Of course, he's the coach that litigated his way all the way to the Supreme Court just for praying on the field with his players came back and he said, you know, we can't rely on the president to save us. We can't rely on Congress to save us. We can't rely on our mayor to save us. We all have to save ourselves as Americans, folks. We have to be willing to stand up and fight for our freedom, stand up and fight for what's right, stand up and force our government to acknowledge truth, which is becoming uh, increasingly difficult uh, to do, but nonetheless, it's not negotiable. Joined here in the studio, as always, by producer extraordinaire, Dr. Glenn Dye. Dr. Dye, how are you doing this morning? <laughs> I'm doing good, Reese. How are you this morning? How's your Saturday morning? It's good. It's going to be emotional, though. I can tell you that. Yeah, it's. Uh, it's. I, I was just talking with our special guest, uh, Charlie Nash, here. I said, just sometimes just thinking about 9-11 yep. at this time of year just gets me, I find a wave of emotion, and right. I'm like, whoo, where did that come from? Well, you know, it, and it, uh, it's just, uh, it's a, a deeply uh, meaningful, significant date for so many of us uh, who live through it, and right. so we're uh, honored to be able to remember it here today, and of course, we will be joined here on the show uh, by our good friend Charlie Nash. I've known Charlie for many years. Charlie uh, has a great 9-11 uh, a wealth of 9-11 memories. Uh, he'll be sharing a few of those with us. We don't have time to talk about everything that Charlie could share with us about 9-11, but we've been talking about having him on the show. He and I have been talking for a couple of years now, so I'm pleased, thrilled that he's been able to join us uh, this year to talk about uh, this date and what it means. Also, we've got a lot more to talk about, a lot else going on in the world. Of course, we've got the First Lady down in Asia. Did you catch that, Glenn? First First Lady down in Asia. Uh, not the First Lady, my apologies. The no. Veep. Uh, yeah, the, the, Kamala. She took, Kamala. She came off vacation. She had like a month of vacation. Nobody missed her, yeah. right? Yeah. Nobody's really 
I don't think been suffering because she's been out of pocket. But no, she was uh, came back from her vacation to go down to Asia, acting all uh, commander in chief like, and she's uh, she's ready to assume the helm. She let us know very clearly she's she's ready. But uh, we got all that going on. We've got a lawsuit being brought against Donald Trump, trying to get him off the ballot. That's kind of a, an interesting story. Did you catch that? That's going to be uh, an ongoing issue, Glenn. It, lawsuits are going to start popping up right and left to get Trump off the ballot. If you can't put him in jail, I guess you can just take him off the ballot. Well, he could be a write-in, but people won't do that. They, you know, Voters are not that smart. <laughs> well, and, and uh, realistically, it's hard enough to get your people out to vote. Right. But to get, you know, as you said, your typical voter to go in and right. negotiate the process and do a write-in ballot. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, interestingly enough, somebody asked me, we were talking about this earlier, you know, there there are precedents for that. You know, in South Carolina, we had a senator once that was elected by write-in ballot. Any idea who that was? I don't. That was Strom Thurmond. Oh, okay, yeah. He was, I think he may be, he may be, I'm not sure, I haven't checked this out a long time ago. He may be the only United States senator to ever be elected on a write-in ballot. I'll be done. I I'm didn't not, that. I don't know. That's a good question. We'll have to check that out. Also, Glenn, do not let me... Uh, forget we, we have got and and that and much more many other stories to touch on today here on saturday morning coffee but in addition to uh charlie and and discussing 9-11 we're also gonna we've got a giveaway glenn we have now for like three or four episodes we have failed to give away our prize <laughs> but we've got uh all the all of you who emailed in to the saturday morning coffee mailbag by the way email address for the show SMC at gmail.com. That's SMC at gmail.com. All of you who emailed your entries into the show, we got your uh, emails all crammed here in this little bucket. We're going to let uh, Mr. Nash draw one from the bucket, and we're going to announce our winner. It's a grand prize Saturday morning coffee gift box, including some of our favorite One Nation coffee, selection mm-hmm. of our One Nation coffee. We've got a, uh, we've got a Saturday morning coffee coffee mug. And a Saturday morning coffee t-shirt. We've got a WTKN Talk 94.5 hat. And, Glenn, we've got four tickets to the Asher Theater. All right. So we got a grand prize package. I don't know what the value of that is worth, but it must be significant. Retail value. Retail value <laughs> up. So that's uh, that's behind door number one for yeah. the lucky winner. Y'all stick around. You don't want to miss that. And uh, what else are we going to talk about? I think that covers it. Anything else going on in your world, Glenn? What's um, You know, just um, the whole Trump thing really is disturbing. Quite oh, yeah. honestly, it, yeah. it is so, um, what do I want to say? It, it is going against the grain of America of what we're doing to him. Uh, not we, but they, they are doing to him. Yeah. Um, and to take him off the ballot um, is, I think, unconstitutional. Oh, absolutely. It um, is um, It is unbelievable I uh, actually, what they're trying I actually to do. heard you on Liz's show yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, were you reading the 14th Amendment? <laughs> As a matter of fact, I, you know, we said that this is, uh, you know, we're going to touch on this briefly because we're going to be running short on time. But a group sues to block Trump from the 2024 ballot in Colorado, citing the 14th Amendment. Yep. Uh, Citizens for Responsibility, uh, a Washington-based watchdog group, on Wednesday filed a lawsuit on behalf of a handful of voters seeking to bar former President Donald Trump from the ballot in 2024 in Colorado under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. And as you said uh, Glenn, we were talking about that on the Liz show, and I and I went back and I decided to look at that. I said, you know, what is actually, what does the uh, what does the Fourteenth Amendment? My, my copy of the Constitution disappeared on me. It talks I about said, insurrection. Yeah, it talks yeah. about insurrection, and I said, let's go back and actually look at what the Fourteenth Amendment says. And I went and looked at it, and Section Three says, 
It says uh, you're barred from these offices. Now, I've heard people make the argument that it doesn't apply to the president. It talks about electors right. for president. Right. It doesn't specifically say president, but I don't think that's the argument that you want to go with. It, it clearly does apply uh, to the presidency. It's any office, foreign, uh, excuse me, federal or state. But what it says is anybody, and this, of course, was written. It's one of the Civil War amendments. It was written right after the Civil War to address the rebellion that was the Civil War, clearly right. a rebellion. Hundreds right. of thousands of people died right. over four or five years in the course of the Civil War. No question that it was a rebellion against the United States. And it says anybody, uh, uh, talking about eligibility for office, except uh, no, no person shall be a senator, re- representative in Congress, or uh, any of the other offices, including president, if they shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same, referring to the United States. And I thought, well, let's... If you read on, what else does that provision say? Hmm. It says, or given aid or comfort there to the go. enemies thereof. Ding, ding, ding. And I thought to myself, wait a minute. Hmm. That's not Trump. That's not Trump. That's Biden. Or, and it's an or, hmm. and, and we've, we've, we've had many reports about how China has paid, I've seen six, I've six. seen 12, right. but millions of dollars to the Biden family. And as we talked about on the Liz show yesterday, nobody gets $6 million for nothing, no. Glenn. If, in fact, the Biden family has received $6 million from the Chinese Communist Party and a portion of that went to the big guy mm-hmm. that Hunter has referenced in emails and text, 10%. Joe Biden, <laughs> vice president at the time, if that, in fact, is true, then there's some aid and comfort right. uh, making the rounds somewhere in that equation. Nobody, including the Chinese Communist Party, has a heart so big that they just— Send out wires for six million dollars. I haven't gotten any. Have you gotten any? I'm more deserving than they are. So I think there's some aid and comfort going to our enemy. And and Liz asked me on there, she said, Well, who are our enemies? I said, Well, if if the current global geopolitical environment doesn't on if that list doesn't include China, who's on it? Right. And then one of our I think one of the texters yesterday raised a good point. What about leaving eight billion dollars worth of army equipment inventory Uh, in Afghanistan? Eighty. I'm sorry, eighty billion. Yeah, let's let's be clear. Eighty billion, eighty billion in aid and comfort to the Taliban. Right, right. So I'm, I've called the AG's office. I'm ready to start a lawsuit. And the Taliban is our enemy. Let's take yeah. <laughs> so, let's take Joe yeah. off the ballot. Yep. If they want to take Trump off the ballot for quote unquote engaging in insurrection, let's mm-hmm. take Joe Biden off the ballot for giving aid and comfort to our enemies. Yeah, I agree. So, mm. a lot to talk about, folks. Here on Saturday Morning Coffee. Hope you will stick with us. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Die. Do not leave town. Everybody, let me tell you about one of our favorite sponsors here on Saturday Morning Coffee. Of course, we're talking about Conway Ford. Conway Ford is your hometown dealer. All the Ford selection you could ask for right here in the area on Church Street in Conway. Worth the drive if you don't live in Conway. And if you live in Conway, it's no drive at all. Conway Ford is your hometown dealer. Winner of the Ford President's Award, where you'll always find smiling faces, a great selection, and excellent customer service. It's the best buying experience around. 
they guarantee it. And they're so excited to finally have a lot of inventory on hand. Um, right now, they're offering a special 2.9% financing for 60 months on certain new 2023 Bronco Sports escapes and expeditions and new service available at Conway Ford now offering complimentary pickup and delivery. So the next time you need service, don't drive to the dealership. Let them make the trip for you. Their buying experience and their service experience, as they have said, is better than their competitors. They guarantee it. So for that best experience, whether it's buying or service, come to Conway Ford, where they're always exceeding expectations. And tell them you heard about it on Saturday Morning Coffee. American guys, we'll always stand up and salute. We'll always recognize when we see old glory flying. There's a lot of men dead, so we can sleep in peace at night when we lay down our heads. My daddy served in the army, we lost his right eye, but he flew a flag out in our yard. Till the day that he died, he wanted my mother, my brother, my sister and me to grow up and live happy in the land of the free. Now this nation that I love is falling under attack. A mighty sucker punch came flying in from somewhere in the back. Soon as we could see clearly through our big black eye, man, we lit up your world like the Fourth of Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee. Wow, September 9, 2023, special 9-11 Remembrance Edition here on Saturday Morning Coffee. Thanks for joining us here on the show. Tell you, it's hard to believe it's been 22 years, Glenn. It really is amazing. And every time this time of year rolls around, people say, well, why do you continue to do 9-11 Memorial shows? Because we cannot forget. Glenn, we cannot forget what happened to this country on that day. We can never uh, forget the sacrifices that were made, the people who gave their lives, people who were just going to work on another ordinary, normal day in Manhattan and in Washington. And suddenly our world was turned upside down in an instant or in a a series of instants. And it just reminds us, Glenn, how fragile life is, for starters, which we are aware of every day. We never know. Each of us has our day. We don't know. Our days are numbered. We know that. And any day can be uh, your day, folks. You don't know. So live each day. Uh, take it for what it is. Carpe diem. Seize the day. Thank the Lord each morning when you get up. Somebody told me that today. They said the first thing they do every morning is they get up and they, well, I've, I've woken up again. Uh, Lord, thank you. Oh, and like Elderly um, person? Uh, I'm trying to remember who. You know, I, 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 told some, I told somebody yesterday, I said, by midday, it's been a long day for me already. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, somebody told me that. I'll think it'll come to me, but somebody told me that little bit of wisdom this yeah. week. But it is a special 9-11 memorial edition, folks, of Saturday Morning Coffee, September 9. Of course, 9-11 coming up uh, on Monday. And uh, we're joined here in the studio by somebody who I've wanted to have on the show before. We just never seem to, to get it done. I've known Charlie for quite a long time. We met through the O'Ree County Republican Party, but Charlie Nash joins us this morning here on Saturday Morning Coffee. Charlie Nash was actually, not only is he a first responder still, he's a battalion chief with O'Ree County Fire Rescue, and he works uh, in that role even today, but 22 years ago, he was a first responder in Manhattan and Mm. has got some very just powerful memories of 9-11 that he and I have discussed uh, many times over the years, but uh, he agreed to come with us uh, this morning on our little uh, venture down memory lane as we do every September. So, Charlie, welcome to Saturday Morning Coffee. 
Good morning. Glad to be here. Thank you. We finally got this to work out. Yes, we finally made this happen this year. So tell folks a little bit. You Right now you work with uh, Orie County Fire Rescue. What's your role there? Uh, currently I'm a battalion chief with Orie County Fire Rescue. Uh, yeah. I stay in the northwest area, which is known as Battalion 4, which is the Green Sea, Loris yeah. area, that whole area up there. And, uh, God's country. Yeah, I love it out there. I live out there. I live in Allsbrook, so yeah. it's, uh, it's close to home, and and I love it out there. Yeah, we, um, we uh, have... Uh, you know, it's so funny. Somebody I had a family member uh, texted me about the uh, the Allsbrook Grocery. Many memories as a kid. My dad was my grandfather was a farmer in uh, Loris. They had a couple of farms. He had a farm out in Daisy, and then he had a farm out on Green Sea Highway, going out of Loris toward Green Sea. And we would always we had but we had other family that lived in Allsbrook. Mm-hmm. And so, and when I was a kid, we would always hop in the car and go to Allsbrook to visit family, and we would always stop at the at the Allsbrook Grocery Store. Sure, right there, at, you know, where the big white house was. And yep. Uh, and so uh, many, many fond memories picking up uh, candy bars and, and, and cold Pepsis at Allsburg Grocery. So anyway, thanks for joining us, Charlie. You, you've got a great story from 9-11. It's a, it's a, it's a very serious uh, day, a time of year. Many of us get real somber around 9-11. But just tell us briefly what you were in New York on 9-11. Yeah, it's it's hard to to tell it briefly because yeah. you oh know, I know mixed, you could you could things in we could be here all, all day all yeah, yeah, yeah. but just for some context, uh, I worked in the New York City EMS uh, system mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. for the NYU Mount Sinai Health System. Uh, we we're a company that run their nine FDNY nine eleven participating ambulances, mm-hmm. and uh, I worked at the Langone Building, which is at thirty third and First Avenue. Basically, we are on the uh, the east shadow of the Empire State Building. So to give you a little a uh, little bit about where we were and how we were at the time. And uh, when people talk about it, it was a beautiful day, and even to this yep. day, I can still remember it was a gorgeous day. Like it was abnormally crisp. Uh, like it was, yeah. you know, no, it was no humidity. The yeah. temperature was beautiful uh, because I have to go there early. I lived in upstate New York, in a little yeah. town called Pauling, New York, which is mm-hmm. about you know, 70 some miles away. So the trains, the schedule got me there very early. So it was a good walk. I'd have the good walk from from Grand Central Station all the way down to Thirty Third and First, and I enjoyed it. And that that morning, I just remember just no odd city smells that you normally smell walking through Manhattan. Yeah. It was just a gorgeous day. Yeah. Um, you know, I arrived at work early, and the oncoming crew was coming off. We were having an interesting conversation uh, because Kevin Ernest was an EMT on the ambulance. It was his first, very first day riding on a 9-11 responding ambulance was the overnight tour on 9-11. So it was his first day. He was just getting off a shift. I was asking him, man, how'd your first shift go? He said, man, I loved it. It was great. Wow. Um, yeah. And uh, his, his, of course, his partner was a more senior partner. And while we were having this conversation, the security guard ran over to us. He said, did you see that plane? I said, what, what plane? I didn't see nothing. A plane just just flew right past the Empire State Building. I, said, I, I didn't see nothing. And then, of course, we had the radios on. We started hearing chatter about a unit seeing a plane hit the Trade Center. Now, uh, again, if you're familiar with New York City, there's a lot of air traffic around there. There's a lot of small planes, helicopters, mm-hmm. so forth and whatnot. Yep. So I'm like, maybe it was a Cessna or something like that. And that's what I figured it was. Um, so we walked down to First Avenue and it looks down south and north. north and I looked down south and all just the sky was full of black smoke. I was like, we got to go. Yeah. He was like, we ain't dispatched yet. I said, well, we got to go. And we're, we're going to we're this. We're going. Yeah. We're going to this. Because I was, I was actually there in the, uh, the 93 bombing. Mm-hmm. So I worked in Yonkers at the time. So I'm one of the few ones that went to both bombings. And I wow. remember yeah. everything that happened there and what we did and where we staged. So I said, this is what's going to happen. This is what, So I'm taking on the experience I've had in the prior 
response there. Yeah. Uh, when we to get down there, the fast way to get down there is the east of the FDR Drive, which runs east all the way down to the river and just kind of scoots back around and back, and you can get into several ways to get to the train to the trade center. Uh, and it was just traffic was horrible. Of course, people knew what was going on. You could see the smoke. Everybody was stopped. And then there was a, an FDNY uh, a rescue truck. Is their hazardous material one truck came out from the Con Ed station, and they just they just moved people out of the way. People just that's a big truck. It's going yeah. fast. Yeah. It's not like an ambulance where people like you know they don't yield to the right like they're supposed to. They go, yeah. oh gosh, no, they move out of their they way. They get out of the way. They get out of their way. And I basically just drafted with them just like NASCAR. And we they, they just got there. And the closer we got down to the area. It's it's just so surreal because all the windows were, were smashed on the bottom floor businesses, and this is for blocks. And I'm and I remember saying to one of the guys because I'm I told them to get in. My partner never made it. He was in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. He never got to Manhattan. So I was working with the overnight crew. Those two gentlemen, uh, Damien and Kevin, were their names, and they were stuck. They, yeah, you know, they had no idea what they were getting into, but. We had to go. Yeah. And uh, I remember saying, I was like, man, all these people looting and stuff already. And that's what I thought. I thought people were just breaking windows and stuff. I had no idea the impact that wow. this made. And, I, and you didn't see that on TV. Yeah. I mean, this is. So for blocks is, away from the Trade Center, windows were smashed already at the ground level. Yeah. Wow. And that's what I said. I made that comment. I think people are looting already. Yeah. And then we, we I was driving by and, and Kevin said, there's some, there's plane wheels over there. Man, I didn't see it. He pointed it out. I'm like, wow. So we're, we're going closer. We're getting to basically the, uh, uh, I can't remember what tower it was, but it's one of the most the farthest, uh, it was the farthest east. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a policeman who was a little short guy, shorter than me. And I'm, and I'm, I'm like five, five and a half. So yeah. I know what short was. He's yeah. shorter than me. And, and the hat looked real big on him. Yeah. And he had this gentleman that he was holding on to that was burnt from head to toe. Oh my gosh! Like he was, he mm-hmm. was just, you know, he looked. If you can look at the soundproof, you know, barrier behind you, is that's that dark gray color. Oh wow! And on the radio, they were saying no walking wounded. Don't pick up any walking wounded because in an MCI, you want to get the most critical patients sure. first. Yeah. So the people who are walking are considered they're they're okay to get where they're going, or they can be delayed or whatnot. Yeah, yeah. So I drove right past this guy, and this guy is trying to flag me down. And we get apart, and uh, we get to where we parked, and it was an EMS officer there. It was a lieutenant, and he said, hard hats. This is a hard hat operation, of course. You know, we don't have turnout gear at that time, so but we all required to have helmets. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of just chaos. Just people were just bringing us bodies. Mm-hmm. They were just bringing us people and trying to load us as fast as they can. Um, there's a CNN documentary at um, it's somewhere around uh, a few minutes after the second plane hit. We're we're on that. You can see there's that's on the documentaries. Us arriving and them bringing patients uh, to yeah. our ambulance. Yeah, um, I think I've seen that actually. And yeah. then and then um, as I'm loading people in the ambulance, we're trying to triage people. This officer comes with this guy again, the same guy we had drove past a block before. Mm-hmm. And we looked at him and said, "Man, uh, you're coming with me." This guy was able to walk, but he was the most severely injured person that they were bringing to us. 
and we brought this gentleman in there. And I remember bringing him in the ambulance, and he was trying to talk, and, it was, of course, his, his voice was very raspy. Um, and uh, we went to put an oxygen mask on him, and we did. His hair fell out when we put the, the strap of the mask on because it was all burnt. It was just oh, all wow. charred. It was just, yeah. Yeah, wow. and it was you couldn't tell. He had a, a Mickey Mouse watch on, and it's the one thing that, you know, talking about this stuff helps too, also with, with trauma. Yeah, yeah. And so the one thing I noticed, he had a Mickey Mouse watch on, and the Mickey Mouse watch was plain as day to be able to see. But I couldn't tell the difference between his skin and the band. Oh, my gosh. And I just remember his Mickey Mouse watch, and he was telling us he was in the elevator, and, and, and fire came in the elevator. And they had told us to go to the burn center up in Columbia, um, it's Cornell, mm-hmm. which is kind of a long distance. Most of the time in your MCI, you want to get somewhere closer. Um, so... And MCI is... Mass Casualty Incident. Mass Casualty Incident, okay. Right, one, yeah. right. So, again, in... in Door 93, we were transporting people for 12, 13, 14 hours. Yeah. We were there for a long time, wow. transporting a lot of people. This was different. Uh, and, of course, we got into the trauma center, and uh, and then we head on back, and then yeah. that's when things got a little, little different. Folks, we are talking to Charlie Nash. Charlie Nash is battalion commander with Ory County Fire Rescue. But at uh, 9-11, he was on the ground. He was one of the first on the scene as an EMS uh as an EMS uh, worker in New York City, and we're remembering 9-11 uh, today here on this special edition of Saturday Morning Coffee. Charlie, can you stick with us? We're going to sure be thing. talking to Charlie after the break. Stick with us, folks, after these words from our sponsors. We'll be right back with more of this special 9-11 uh, Memorial Edition of Saturday Morning Coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. Don't leave town. From the lakes of Minnesota to the hills of Tennessee. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee. Thanks for joining us. Special 9-11 Memorial Edition of Saturday Morning Coffee here on this September 9th, 2023. Can't believe it's been 22 years Glenn, since Saturday, uh, since Saturday morning coffee, since uh, 9-11. You know, uh, we've lost people in our lives, Reese, but it, it it doesn't really compare to that day. Oh, how yeah. How it affected our lives and the emotions that we feel. Nothing in my memory. Yeah. And it's so funny. There's people that don't even have memory of that. You know, right. it's hard to imagine, but there are plenty of people alive and with us and, and, and younger, the younger generation coming up that yeah. don't have any real memory of right. 9-11. And you lost your dad. I lost my dad. It brings emotion. Oh, but yeah. this emotion just in, in envelopes your whole soul this was a day unlike any day i've ever man, get goosebumps experienced. Just talking about oh yeah yeah you got some audio we you do wanna... have some audio man Oh, God. 
Oh my God. United 175, New York. We have some problems over here right now. We might have a hijack over here, two of them. Fuel, this is Ryan, uh, on an airplane that's been hijacked. And things don't go well, and I'm looking good. I just want you to know, I absolutely love you. I want you to do good, so happy this time. Uh, same to my parents and everybody. And I just totally love you, and uh, I'll see you later. Bye, babe. So both towers are now. Okay, I got an aircraft Remembering, remembering 9/11, folks, on this special edition of Saturday Morning Coffee. Joined, uh, privileged, honored to be joined here in the studio by my good friend Charlie Nash. Uh, Charlie and I known each other for quite a few years, and he agreed. He's got some firsthand 9-11 stories and memories he wanted to share with us, and we've been talking about doing this for a while now. Charlie, I'm so glad you were able to join us this morning on Saturday Morning Coffee. Thank you. Glad to be here. So before the break, we were talking about you were you were uh, delivering one of your first victims. You were talking about how you couldn't distinguish his skin from the watch band that he was wearing and just chilling. Uh, it's it's just amazing. And, and to think, uh, Charlie, it, it was 22 years ago uh, right. this, this weekend, this week, but it seems like just yesterday when I hear you talk about it, it seems like just a, a, a yesterday memory for you. It feels like yesterday for me. Mm-hmm. Um, when you were telling us about that, had the, where were we in the timeline? Had both of the planes struck the towers? Had any any yeah, of the both both by the time we just from the time we got to NYU to down here, yeah, the second plane had just hit. Yeah, uh, apparently, um, and um, when we got back, it, was, it took a long time to get back there. It was difficult to get back there. We went so far oh, yeah. north to get yeah. back there. People don't understand the traffic was horrible. Uh, it was gridlock, and you had a lot of people that were trying to walk up north because they didn't know what was going on. You know, a lot of people commute to New York City, so they they could. They, a lot of people had to walk home that day. Uh, Tons they, of people they tried. Yeah, yeah. At least they, they tried yeah, yeah. to walk where they you know back to Grand Central Station and yeah. things like that yeah, and yeah. so forth. So when we finally got back there, I was trying to make my way back to where we had been previously because there wasn't a whole lot of radio communication because we didn't know. People don't believe it. I never saw it in the towers fall down. I said, how did you not see it? I said, have you ever been in New York City? You're in canyons. Yeah, yeah. Unless you're at a few. Urban few, canyon. Unless you're at a few key spots, you just can't see. Yeah. You know, unless you're, you know, like a 45th Fifth Avenue, because you know, that's where we used to park as Fifth Avenue, 45th Street. You can look down, you can see the Empire State Building, and you can see yeah. the, the, the trade centers. But unless you're there, you can't see all these things. So we were trying to make our way back. And uh, we had noticed that there was the cloud and the smoke was different, and that was one of the the, the first tower collapsing. We didn't see it, mm-hmm. uh, but the closer we got, it looked like it was like about five or six inches of snow on the ground. Wow! And that was just eerie because we didn't know what that was. I'm like, what? What? I have no idea what's going on there. And, you know, and I was a firefighter before then, and I had never seen anything like this. No one's ever seen anything like this. Yeah. And we got to Williams Street from Liberty, and there was a human chain across the street. And there was a guy who was a, he was a NYPD traffic cop, big guy, dreads. I remember him, huge guy. Yeah. And uh, we, he stopped us and said, there's a guy down there. We got, you got to go help. And I said, we got to get there. There's more. He says, no. You're not going past this. You are going to get this guy because nobody's coming to help this guy. 
and basically it was a mob that was telling us what to do. I said, all right, we're, we're going to go check this guy yeah. because we're not going to win. I'm not here to fight anybody. There was literally a dozen people trying to stop us. Wow. So we went down halfway in the block, and there was a gentleman who was lying on the sidewalk who was, who was deceased. He didn't have a lot of trauma on him, but he was just younger-looking gentleman, wow. um, red hair. So I said to my partners, let's put him in the ambulance. When we get to the triage center, we can exchange them for somebody who's hurt. And that sounds cruel, but that's what it's we do. It's reality. It's triage, yeah. Right. Yeah. And as soon as we had put him in the ambulance, the door is shut, and Kevin was in the driver's seat and goes, he says the expletive, you know, I'm not going to repeat it. And then it felt like a uh, like a dump truck full of dirt just landed on top of the ambulance. Wow. It was just, you hear this, and looked out the back of the windows, and it was black as the blackest thing you've ever seen. And we didn't know what was happening. Of course, you hear these little, you know, on top of the of the roof. Mm-hmm. You know, there were just those were pieces of like, pings. Yeah, pings in the roof, and we don't know what's coming. We have no idea what happened. And then I see a white sheet of paper just slide down the the window. It was just stuck to the window just because of so much pressure that smoked back there. Yeah, and it just slid down the back window. And I'm like. We're, I mean, I panicked. I tried to open up the back door, and there was so much smoke, I had to shut it. And we just, uh, we just, at that point, we just said the Lord's Prayer. We didn't know what was going on, but as a firefighter, I've never seen that outside where our, I could wow. see. Yeah. And now there's so much smoke that it's pressurized by me, and I had no idea what it was. Oh, wow. And then uh, a few minutes later, it starts clearing up. We started doing CPR on this gentleman. And then we were able to get out of there, and I wanted to get out of there and get back to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, we were making our way. St. Vincent's was the closest. I had called a mayday on the radio. Uh, my wife has a, has a copy of that. You can listen to some of the EMS radios. They, they, you know, my boss, the, who was, I, I was on 8 Charlie. It was the name, ironically, 08 Charlie was a yeah, uni- yeah. unification number, yeah, yeah. identification number. So I like that. Um, and um, my lieutenant, he heard me. And what unit was that? Was that 8 Charlie? And I just, you know, they go back with the accents and stuff. So they actually sent somebody to go find us. Um, and it wasn't as, you know, we were able to get out. Mm-hmm. And a couple of things that happened. Then we landed at St. Vincent's and we had taken our patient out and we had looked back. And that's the first time we noticed there was no towers. Wow. Like my partner was just, uh, mm. Damien was just looking Both south. Gone. And looked down and it was just, there was just smoke coming yeah. from what was down there. That was the most chilling thing for me. I think you and I mentioned this before in one of the many times that we've talked about it. You look at the skyline of New York and it's like a, you think of it as like a permanent fixture. For, right. my, for my lifetime, sure. those towers had always been there and mm-hmm. you assumed they would always be there. And to look right. at that space and to see nothing but a heap of ashes was just, or debris, mm-hmm. it, it, it shocked me in a way that I, I can't even, even to this day, I can't even really describe. Right. So what, what is your most uh, significant memory? When you look back at what is the memory that hangs with you most frequently, Charlie? Yeah, so, I mean, uh, there was good and bad, of course. You know, oh, yeah. It was a horrible day. Oh man! Um, yeah. You know, you know, um, I was able to meet my patient. My patient was actually a vice president. The burn patient was actually a vice president of Kenner Fitzgerald, um, which was the the big finance corporation. I think mm-hmm. that it was, but he was actually the vice president um, of that company, major company. Yeah. And he was featured on a documentary. That's how I found him. Uh, he was actually one of the most severely burned patients that survived 9/11. This is the guy with the watch that you yeah. were talking about. Harry Weiser was his name. He was vice yeah. president of Kenner Fitzgerald. Wow. Ended up actually meeting him. Yeah. I actually called him, and when I was up there for a wedding, I actually met him and spent and gone to his house, met his wife, and it was very nice. It helped me out a lot. Oh, I bet. Um, but but people were still doing good things in that day. And one thing I remember is, you know, we didn't. You know, people were trapped. They couldn't. They couldn't leave. They shut down all modes of transportation out the railroads and mm-hmm. so forth and so forth. Yep. And it was probably close to midnight when they finally 
when they finally let people home, and I was going to the Grand Central Station, and the 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 the, the, the ramps were just packed. And I was like, I'm not going to get out of here anytime soon. Yeah. And of course, I was just dirty and disheveled, and just you know, because they told us go home. They didn't tell us to want us to stay in the city. Go home because you got to come back tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And then how I was going to get back tomorrow. And then uh, so I was on a train. The trains were all full. And I'm like, oh man, I'm going to have to wait and. You know, and then the crane conductor, she was a, a young female, she looked at me and she said, where are you going? So I'm going Bruce to North, which happens to be the very last stop on the train, by the way. Yeah. She goes, hold on a minute. She went into that train and she said, everybody out, I'm closing this train down. I'm closing this car down. These are people who have been waiting for hours to go home. And she made them all go off the, they all got out. And of course, they were all upset and all that stuff. And she goes, go have a seat. Where are you going? That's Bruce to North. So I'll wake you up when you get there. Mm. She kicked the whole, I mean, there were 70, 80 people on this train, and she got emptied an entire train car so I can mm. sit down. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. That, 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 is, that just gets me probably one of the most impactful things, that even all that stuff. Yeah. People recognize what we went through. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah. You know, one thing I remember about that time, Charlie, and I can, I can hear the emotion in your voice, it's so powerful, but, you know, we can't forget, we have to remember, and there are plenty of people who don't have memories. Right. Of 9-11, who don't understand how traumatic that day was. But we can't allow anybody to forget the, the trauma that this nation endured. And one thing I often think about is how we all came together. You know, right. in the days after 9-11, man, you didn't you didn't say a crossword about your brother or mm. your sister. No. And, and we were all together. Um, we had an enemy who had kicked us um, in a sucker punch, as Toby Keith likes to say, right. and and we were Americans, and mm-hmm. I, and and sometimes you wonder. You look around today, and you see the divisive political environment that we live in, and sometimes you think, "Wow, what is it going to take uh, to restore the unity that we had after 9/11?" We certainly don't want another 9/11. That's not what I'm. Well, you know. with open borders, though, we <laughs> we're at risk. Yeah, we're yeah. at serious risk. So. Any, any parting words you want to share with our listeners? Like I said, you know, uh, I think it might have been a movie that I saw. But, you know, when I thought, told you, 9-11 hit everybody. Didn't mm. matter what political party you belong yeah, to. Yeah. Didn't matter what economic. No discrimination. Doesn't, doesn't matter. Yeah, right. Yeah. Everybody that was leaving there all looked the same. They were covered in white ash and gray in dust. Everybody looked the same. Nobody was different. And, and, and what happened to them happened, that happened to all of us. And we, everybody took it personal because yeah. it was an attack on America. It wasn't an attack on any particular group, no race, nationality, sexual orientation. It was Americans. Yeah. We were we were hit from who we are. That's a great point, Charlie. That's a great point. You know, one thing I think about often, on that last day, that last final moment, uh, when you meet your maker or you come very close to it, it doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter how much money you have in the bank. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter where you live it doesn't matter how many cars you got in the garage you know we are all on the same footing at mm-hmm. that moment so folks uh, charlie thanks so much for coming in not a problem come back anytime we, we always just yeah thanks really really appreciate your testimony thank you for having me yes sir charlie nash folks he is a battalion commander and we thank you for your service today we thank you for your service on 9-11 and your continuing service so Charlie Nash, Battalion Commander with Ory County Fire and Rescue here on this very special edition of Saturday Morning Coffee, remembering the price, the, the sacrifice, the honor of 9-11. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors. Y'all stick with us. Yes, 
that September day Were you in the yard with your wife and children Working on some stage in L.A. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee. Reese Boyd here with you. Thanks for joining us here on this special 9-11 commemorative edition, memorial edition, remembrance edition of Saturday Morning Coffee. I want to remind you all, if you want to come out and help uh, honor the memory of the fallen, uh, those who served and those who lost their lives, paid the ultimate price on September 11, the Ory County uh, GOP, the Republican Party for Ory County, will be holding a special memorial meeting. It's an informal meeting of the party. We'll also be honoring the memory of September 11 and those who lost their lives and served in the in the 9-11 terror <coughs> attacks. That meeting will take place at the Journey Church. Uh, that's in Rolls Inlet. That's located on 10-125-10125 Frontage Road, uh, Suite 18. It's the old Inlet Square location. If you are familiar with Merle's Inlet, it's the Inlet Square Mall location of Journey Church. So I encourage you guys to uh, come out on Monday night. That will be 9-11. Monday night, 6 p.m. is the start. Registration will start at 5.30. So come out and join us, and we'll be uh, hearing from some very special guests, some very special speakers sharing their memories of 9-11. want to thank Charlie Nash, especially for joining us here on the show this morning. Charlie, thanks so much for your time. And want to give that prize giveaway, Charlie, since we've got you Drum here. Drum roll, please. Drum roll, please. This go. is for our uh, extra special Saturday morning coffee. Charlie Nash is all pulling right. a name out I'm of the bucket. Pulling a these name are, right now. Somebody's going to win a great these prize. Are all, Charlie has handed me the email, and I am unwiding <laughs> the email. My daughter wadded all these up very tightly. <laughs> Uh, this is Mike. Looks like Mike Naples. Yes, Mike Naples. So, Mike, you are the grand prize winner. You hey, got the yay, congratulations. Mike. The, go, Mike. Sele- the selection of One Nation Coffee, the four tickets to Asher Theater, the Talk 95 baseball cap, 94. the Saturday morning coffee coffee mug, and the Saturday morning coffee t shirt. So, wow. wow. What a prize. So a thank you, thank you, Mike, for listening. Y'all send those emails occasionally to the mailbag. We'll use your emails on the air, and we'll also share some One Nation Coffee with you. Encourage you guys to check out One Nation Coffee, onenationcoffee.com. They support first responders, and they also are coming out with a One Nation Coffee 912 blend uh, to honor the memory of 9-11. So you can check that out as well at One Nation Coffee. So thank you all for joining us on this episode of Saturday Morning Coffee. There was so much more to cover. But we've spent our time remembering 9-11, and that's more important. So we'll just throw those other things that we talked about briefly in the intro in the stack, and we'll get those on a future episode. Let me leave you with this bit of wisdom from the Proverbs. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. That's Saturday morning coffee for Saturday, September 9th. Thanks again to Charlie Nash. Y'all have a great week. Be blessed. We'll see you next week for more Saturday morning coffee. Thank my lucky stars to be living here today Cause the flag still stands for freedom Thanks for waking up with Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5.